Hey everybody, Gerald and Bethany here with a little podcast, just a little one-off to bless the people, Bethany. We're trying to bless these people out here. We're trying every day. Now we're trying through a podcast. (laughs) Hey, the goal of what we're going to do in these next few minutes together is just talk a little bit about emotional health. And a lot of it's going to be me just asking you, Bethany, um, kind of some definition of terms, some guidance, um, and kind of a pathway for people for healing. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's important that we mention that for some, this is a brand new conversation. For some people, this is uh, just a beginning point, a starting point for them. And then for others, we know, at least in our community, that this is kind of a revisit. It's coming back to stuff that they already have leaned into, but in a deeper and maybe even different way. So I think the goal here really is to just cover some resources to to offer up just some uh, basic thoughts that we think can be helpful on ramps to greater healing, and then some best practices that we've learned, not because we're therapists in any way, shape, or form, but because we've learned over the years just some good best practices when it comes to healing and leading into the invitations of the Spirit. And you know, I've always honored, Bethany, your journey because I've learned so much in my own life and gone on my journey of therapy healing because of what I've learned from you. So I I feel like this is one of those things that you have brought to the Bridgetown family over the years, almost a decade. You've embodied this. You've led us. And then obviously in the past, we did practices on this around emotional health and dealing with your past, family of origin, all of that kind of stuff. If anybody's new to the story, um, I would highly recommend going back and looking through those teachings and those practices. Super helpful stuff. So I'm I'm um, really happy to just ask you some questions about this stuff. But before we get there, Mm -hmm. we want to hold space and just remember what's happening in Ukraine and just pause in reflection that these are brothers and sisters of ours there. And I think one of the things that um, Jonathan Tremaine brought to mind as we were praying as a community um, in our Sunday gatherings about this is JT said, hey, let's remember to pray for the oppressed, obviously but that also as followers of Jesus, we're called to pray for the oppressor. So we want to Mm. pray for Putin and ask for absolute, um, the fear of God to fall on him, Mm -hmm. for repentance around him and his advisors. We think about the people of Russia, many of whom do not want this war. And we just um, want to acknowledge that this is massive for so many image bearers um, and, and it affects some of our church family here as well. So we just want to hold space for that. And, yeah. you know, th- this is a weird moment because I think for many of us, protect, you know, even with the mask mandate being lifted, all of this, I think there was so much hope yeah. globally in the West, certainly in our city, in Portland around, yeah, we're coming to the end of this global pandemic. It, it, hopefully these things are endemic now. And then right on the heels of that, we go into this, massive moment in Ukraine with invasion, war there, potential large-scale war in Europe. Mm. We have inflation, you know, gas prices, all this kind of stuff. And I just sense you can kind of feel in the air and in conversations and even in our own hearts that we f- we thought we were finally going to get a break. Yeah. And maybe I think for many, they were like, okay, now I'm going to finally stabilize and be able to heal from the past two years. But now there's this re-triggering all over again in fear you know, back to the news, kind of this addiction to the news cycle and what's happening next. And just, again, this anxiety about the future. So all of that, just to say that feels like where we're at. And then as a church community, we're in Lent. We're leaning into this series 
um, entitled, In This World You Will Have Trouble. And we're thinking about our mortality. We're thinking about our sin. We're bringing that up every week and talking about problem of evil and all of that kind of stuff. So it just seems like all of those things yeah. in the mix, in the air. And the positive side of that that we really want to spend our time talking about is for many in this season, there seems to be a new invitation for healing. Yes. Have you seen that, Bethany? Yeah, and I think we're seeing it. Particularly, it's so odd in the last few weeks even. I yeah. think you and I both have just kind of been going, hey, what is, what's going on here? And the positive side to that, you know, which is to also in the same breath acknowledge everything you just mentioned and everything that's kind of being stirred up is that oftentimes when there's a move of the Spirit, there's an invitation for us as the containers of the Spirit to be purified, to go deeper, to allow the Lord to have more access to us, not less. So oftentimes when we feel stirred up, sometimes it feels like a bummer. Like it totally feels discouraging because you're like, what the heck? I thought I was through that. Yeah. Or I thought I had overcome that. And at the same time, I think what we're seeing is that this isn't a marker of regression or resignation. This is a marker of God's invitation to more, yeah. particularly for our community and what it is that we're stewarding. Yeah. So yeah. it's exciting. Yeah, it is. And I think that's happening. I think that um, in our community, I've seen in our response times in prayer with people, God is readdressing uh, pain, childhood yeah. trauma. And that that is um, difficult waters, especially if you feel like, man, I already dealt with this. Why am I going back? But I just want to affirm what you're saying. Our sense is God takes us back to go deeper so yeah. that we can be even more healthy and more fruitful. Yeah. It's that pruning kind of work. Um, so we're just hopeful. I think yeah. I think we're hopeful that God is bringing these things up. And um, for the Bridgetown family, it's like, man, this is a moment to lean in, to not run away. The temptation yes. is to escape. But I wonder if in this season of Lent, as we're looking forward to Easter, this is a moment to be present to ourselves, even in some of the fasting and all of that kind of stuff. We're feeling the feels. Yeah. You know, one of our staff members <laughs> was sharing yesterday about her rule of life and saying she's driving to work at a pretty long commute, 25 minutes or whatever, and she's driving in silence yeah. because she wants to feel and I just think that is a, a profound statement and beautiful practice. And I feel like that's kind of what Lent is like. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about some ways forward. Let's talk about how people um, in this season that are feeling this invitation to deeper healing, this mm -hmm. invitation to um, addressing pain in their life. As we said, some this is this is like another layer deeper, and for others, this is brand new. Yeah. So, Bethany, maybe we could start with defining terms, like help us with a framework of what are our resources and um, some some of these terms, like even Christian counseling. When we talk about counseling and therapy, um, when should we, what is that exactly? And when should we think about engaging in that? Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's a broad spectrum for uh, this kind of definition, but there's a couple key things that at, at least we would offer to say like, hey, think about these arenas. And then, and then here's how you lead into that. So Christian counseling, the way we would, we would identify it is, um, or define it is really a space where you're you're leaning into to the healing of specific wounds. So, um, like you mentioned, Gerald, when people are going like, "Hey, I've got this childhood thing that's coming back," or an attachment style, which is definitely an invitation from the spirit for me right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like your attachment is still in need of my healing, mm -hmm. like. Um, so specific things like childhood wounds, attachment, any trauma from childhood or from the past or even the present. And I would just acknowledge and even bless people to name 
the trauma of a pandemic. There's yeah. a, a sense of isolation and disconnect that was traumatic to many yep. um, that uh, that counseling would directly address. So this this a counselor is specifically trained to go to those deeper places and, yep. and attend to those specific areas. There's also um, uh, in the realm of counseling too, um, invitation for crisis management. So if you particularly find yourself in a crisis moment, and are in need of really good infrastructure and ways of thinking and maybe help me with the next step. Many I know are feeling stuck in this moment. Like, what do I do now? Uh, it's not always the number one space to enter into counseling, but it is a part of that journey. So if there's just some crisis management or other uh, things in that space you need to lean into, this would be a good place to start. And then also in Christian counseling specifically, hopefully what you're getting out of that is a biblical framework or encouragement as you're on the healing journey. So that's what you're looking for in that realm. So how do you know when to to go? Or even really, how do you you know where to start? Um, if you're like, yeah, I know specifically God is bringing up um, an invitation to heal from specific wounds that I am, based on the tools that I already have um, and the community that surrounds me, I'm unable to get to, you know, um, this is your probably a good, this is probably a good invitation for you to say like, yeah, this is the moment to to get some help, to have someone who's an expert on the outside help me reach those deeper places. That's kind of the way you would know that. Um, and by the way, doing it and not having like a perfect formula is okay. Like if you get into it and you're like, oh, this wasn't it. It's okay. It's okay to have a small breakup with your counselor, um, but it's a good place to start, even if you sense there's a little bit of an invitation there. So a couple ways to do that. The, the best place to start, and honestly, if you talk, I just met with a counselor this morning in the city. She's like, I maxed out. I met with another one last week. I was like, ah, maxed out. And so many of you are feeling that. I know that a lot of people I've talked to are like, I can't even get in to see someone. The best way to do that is really just to start with your insurance company and just see if you have insurance. This is a great place to start. Of like, hey, what is available to me? And then, um, you know, we have a Bridgetown uh, counselor list. Again, a lot of those counselors are full, but we do our best to keep adding to it and providing resourcing to you throughout the city that we know of trusted biblical uh, counselors who could help provide a good framework for continued healing. Those are some places to start, um, but it's okay. I wouldn't just encourage people. A lot of times it's an overwhelming thing to start in counseling or to start to know where to start in counseling, but just start somewhere. Yeah. Start Googling stuff, start looking stuff up. Just look to find some good counselors and then check in. Feel free to check in with us. We know a lot of people, Gerald, you know everyone in the city. So that's great. This would be Gerald would be a great person to talk to about that. Um, but yeah, this is that's Christian counseling. And again, specific wounds attached to childhood attachment, trauma, things like that. This would be this would be the starting point. I love that you mentioned also just feeling stuck. Yeah. You're like, I've tried this. I prayed about this. I'm not moving forward in this relationship, in this thought pattern. Um, that could be an invitation to Absolutely. try counseling. Yep. Um, next, I want to talk a little bit about inner healing prayer. Okay. And this is something that um, we're building out uh, behind the scenes right now. I'm working with a team um, of trainers, people in our church that I just absolutely trust and look up to. Mm-hmm. And we're um, building this out as a future ministry at Bridgetown, which I'm so excited yeah. about. I've benefited massively from inner healing prayer. Mm-hmm. I know this is a part of your journey too. <laughs> Very much so. Um, it's become a little bit more familiar at our church. And I just think in the years to come more and more and more. But if tell me what you think about this for a definition, Bethany. Inner healing prayer is engaging your imagination in prayer with a guide, with somebody that's kind of a a trusted, Mm -hmm. um, experienced Jesus follower that has experienced their own inner healing. And then they guide you through prayer to really invite 
Jesus through our imagination, through prayer, through the 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 real resurrected Jesus we can meet with by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, rather than counseling where I go to the counselor and say, hey, I want to talk about this relationship with my dad. Yeah. In inner healing prayer, you come before Jesus and you ask him, hey, where is there, you know, lies that I'm believing? Yeah. Where is there wounds? And then you really, through this process, allow Jesus to direct you to those places. Yep. And then you ask him to reveal what is the lie that I'm believing here? And then deal with that and ask him, now, what is the truth? So this is a completely different way of doing it. Yeah. Um, I, I love it. I think this is, the, for me, the I've been able to do this almost once a week with a mentor that I'm that's training me. And once a week, I would regularly say, this has been the best hour of my week. Yeah. Because you see Jesus show up. Yep. You see him meet somebody profoundly bring them to something that's often surprising. Yep. They're like, I'm here to talk about my dad. <laughs> and Jesus is like, well, that's great, but I want to talk to you about something else. Yep. Are you willing? Yeah. And then that journey is unbelievable. So this is just beautiful mix of seeing people encounter Jesus, kind of the prophetic, the imaginative, and this healing, you know, the Holy Spirit as a counselor mm -hmm. doing the work. Um, what else would you say? How do you like? That was a rambling definition. Oh, I loved but, it. I thought okay. it was great. Yeah, what would you add to that beautiful picture. as you think about inner healing prayer? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just exactly as you said. It's like a vehicle for encounter with Jesus yep. in a more tangible way with a guide yep. with you. I think the other kind of uh, good work that you can do in that as you're engaging in your imagination, you also— or we also find that Jesus engages us in our memories. And since God is outside of time and space, he's able to actually bring us back to actual moments in our story and reconcile within us and do a work of healing that changes the trajectory of our thinking and feeling and relating to the world. So I would say even beyond what he can engage in the present, he often engages in the past, yep. in that space of inner healing, to bring emotional and spiritual healing and to help you process even. Sometimes people are like, I just need to process a painful experience or memory. And that's a space, too, where inner healing prayer uh, guides can help you lean into those spaces um, through the process of invitation. It's also a place, too, um, where you you can experience, if you're, if you're really working through some forgiveness work, this is a great place to start, or where you're really working to, re to reject some lies from your life. They replace them with the truth. This is also just a, an extraordinary way to catalyze what God's up to and what he is inviting you into yep. uh, in your life. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. And uh, more on that to come, at least for the Bridgetown family. That's something we want to build out. Um, if you feel like you um, want that now, please reach out to us. We'll do our best. But we're yeah. really building that out. Um, for the future. Mm -hmm. um, there's some great books. There's some podcasts out there. Maybe we can put some resources out around more around inner healing prayer, listening yeah. to God, allowing him to bring surfacing. You know, there's some simple practices like asking regularly, mm -hmm. God, is there any lies that I'm believing? Yeah. Is there anything I'm believing about myself that's not from you? Yeah. To, yeah. to highlight that and then ask Jesus, now, what's the truth? Yeah. You know, You're that kind so of stuff. great about that on a regular basis. That's a normal part of our rhythm because of you. Yeah. I'd also say, you know, I think sometimes we build this up in our head is like, we got to have a special person to lead us in this. I think this is something you can do in your community. Um, if you're willing and, and again, just even get a basic framework from Gerald or from, you know, a good resource and then just lean in. This is something that there's, uh, Yes, there's a lot of risk, but there's so much more reward in it, even if it's messy. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously there's a space to be careful and it's reason that, but this is something you could do communally. It's something we regularly do as a staff. 
Um, and then there's other ministries as well, things like Christian Healing Ministries and others that are uh, are offering these kind of prayer spaces online. So it's worth checking out as well. Great. Let's talk about spiritual direction. How would you um, define spiritual direction, and when would somebody be ready for that? Yeah, I mean, spiritual direction, it feels like um, after you're into the kingdom, after you said yes to Jesus and made him Lord of your life, I think it's it's a pretty accessible on-ramp at that point, um, that, that if you're like, I want to, you could. Um, but I would say more specifically, there are seasons where you're in need, again, of this kind of third party. If it's you and Jesus, it's like you need a third party, a, a soul friendship, if you will, that a affords you the space. They kind of create a space for you to notice what's happening in your relationship with the Lord and even notice the invitations of the Spirit. They help you lean in and even pay attention and name what God might be up to. And then in that, through asking guided questions and listening to the Spirit, actually um, help create a pathway of integrating the invitations of what God is offering Mm. to you. So, um, you know, I I think for many in our community, this is a re- this is kind of a next step resource. It's kind of like I need someone who is is honing on me in this moment, and as I'm sharing what God is doing, there's a form of accountability in this as well as invitation for another to name and to see yeah. um, from a different perspective what God's up to, and then that affords me the ability to go in and lean in with greater faith to go after yeah. what those invitations are. Yeah, I've heard um, it described to me that if you picture two dots, two points, and a line between those two points. Mm. One point is you. The other point is God. And the line between you is your relationship to God. And a spiritual director helps you talk about the line, yeah, your relationship great. to God. How yep. you? It's not theology. You're not in there learning about who God is. Mm-hmm. It's not therapy or psychology where you're learning more about yourself. Yep. You're learning about the line. How do I, what is my relationship to God like? How am I connecting to God? What's the state of that? Yeah. And how could I grow? How could I go further in that? Mm-hmm. Um, recommendations, uh, how do we engage in spiritual direction? Yeah, I mean, we have a few local uh, friends who are part of our community who are spiritual directors. Um, I would also recommend uh, Ruth Haley Barton uh, has an organization. She's a you know, a leadership and spiritual formation guru who we love around here has an organization called Transforming Center who offers a resource list of spiritual directors all around the nation that you can connect to, you know, via Zoom, everybody's favorite. But really, these are extraordinary directors who come recommended from that center. So they're amazing. You can check that out at transformingcenter.org. And then also there's a local organization called Soul Formation we have a relationship with as well. That'd be a great resource. So um, this just, this is also, this can come through recommendations from other people as well. So if you reach out to a spiritual director and they're at capacity, feel free to ask, like, is there anyone else you'd recommend? Um, but there's some really good, easy on-ramps to connecting to a director. Nice. Okay, let's talk about one more, and then let's go to some best practices. Great. Um, so what's the difference between individual therapy and group therapy or kind of group work? And what would you say about that? And um, what are some yeah. examples of that, invitations for that? Yeah, I mean, I know this is something we haven't really talked about very much in the past. And I just it's just really come to the forefront for me post uh you know, I say post, post COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord, please. Please, God, uh, yeah. may this be it. Um, but, but I would recommend, I think for so many of us out of coming out of COVID, there is a need to come together um, and really to find a sense of belonging and relatability through understanding others. 
um, and talking through some shared experiences. So this isn't just, um, you know, AA or or whatever it could be. Mm-hmm. There's a million different anonymous, mm-hmm. you know, kind of um, mm-hmm. groups that gather. There's also groups on like depression, groups on anxiety, groups on navigating um, transitions. There's wow. other groups that are available, which we don't often think of. You know, we kind of think, oh, there's, so I think they've really been stigmatized historically in the past. But I think there is in this season, post-pandemic, an opportunity for us to find common ground with others who are sharing in the same experience that we're having and to actually look each other in the face and just it's a powerful tool because you're basically saying I'm not alone in this experience and this feeling. And it's an eight-week or six-week or 12-week experience where you're going, yeah. I'm able to name weekly the burdens I'm carrying wow. for the purpose of really healthy exposure and identification so that I can move forward wow. so that it's not an obstacle. So there's that. Um, you know, we have 423 Men. It's a um, group that we offer too. But it doesn't always—I just want to say it doesn't always have to center around an addictive behavior mm. or— a habitual sin, it, mm-hmm. it can really center around just like kind of reclaiming rhythms of life wow. that are healthy. Or even like some kind of a support group around grief. Absolutely. I've heard of that. Or, yeah. yeah. Perfect. That's, yep. that's powerful. Um, how would you encourage people to find those? Yeah. Um, for instance, grief, loss of a, a loved one, family yeah. member, divorce, these different kinds of things. Where mm-hmm. would you find a group to kind of engage in that yeah. support? Um, first of all, if you have a therapist, you should talk to your therapist. They are generally the most well-resourced as far as what groups are offered in our city mm. um, on a regular basic you, basis. You can also look up public resourcing. I know that is, again, something we're not used to doing, but there are many, many things available to our community right now in a big way that could be really helpful. Um, the other thing, too, I would just say, um, you know, it's okay to just start exploring that. Um, I know that we have other, there's other nonprofits in the city that are offering that right now, these groups. There are other churches, this is kind of my point, there are other churches that offer some of these groups as well that might be just a safer on-ramp for some people. So I think about Celebrate Recovery. I think about Divorce Care. Those are two actual nonprofits that exist that churches utilize Mm. to help move people through in different seasons, Heart through Pregnancy Resource Center, uh, this is for the loss of children. Um, so there's just other resources that are available through nonprofit organizations in our city that would help um, resource you and the community around you. Awesome. I love that. It's so great. Okay, let's talk about um, best practices and kind of how would you speak to that? So if you're in this season right now, Lent and coming out of COVID and all of this stuff and you're feeling some big pain that's resurfaced, What? how would you guide us into best practices around that? Yeah, I think for everyone across the board, no matter where you're starting, there's three things to remember or to really consider. The first is, what is the invitation of the Spirit to you in this season? Um, I, that sounds like low-hanging fruit, but the truth is many of us, it, it's really a scary thing to slow down enough to start asking God what is it that you're going after? Like, I love to generically name that he's going after uh, my attachment brokenness. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, on Sabbath, my goal is to sit down and to really say, like, where is this intersecting with my relationships? And how really I'm assessing how big of an obstacle is it in my relationship to others and to you, God? And so I think the first step is to really consider the invitations of the Spirit to you in a serious way. Take time, space to carve those out and say, God, what is your invitation? Is it to greater healing via a therapist, 
Is there just a guide that I need to help me sort out some of these questions? Do I need to be in a group space to do this? But just whatever it is, just take time to consider the invitation of the Spirit to you. Yep. And then next I'd say bring it to community. Yes. (laughs) You have to. One of the things that I think, you know, COVID blew up for a lot of us was our sense of community. You have to have community if you're going to be on a healing journey. I don't care how you, which way you slice it. Um, Oprah is not enough. You know what I mean? Like you have to have people around you to support you, to champion you, to bless you, to speak the truth over you, to pray for you, to contend for you, and to hold you up on the days that are really difficult. So the next thing I'd say is bring community into it. If you're not not in a Bridgetown community or you're not in a community at all, find a community to get into and make sure you're doing that. Basics is coming up. There's an on-ramp there. Yeah, and I just think, you know, one of the things, community sometimes in a healthy way can be group direction. Absolutely. So one of the things that I often ask our group is, hey, what are you sensing the invitations of the Spirit are for you in this season? Yeah. And just see where it goes. And there's always a response. Yeah. And it could be positive. Like, wow, I'm just feeling, you know, um, one of our members shared the other night. She's like, I'm just feeling like I'm in, I'm, I'm tapping into what it means to be um, pray without ceasing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like praying everywhere I go and I'm feeling these prayers, a hundred mm. prayers a day. And it was so cool. And then others, it might not be that. It might be, hey, this is a, a season of grief because this thing's happening in my yeah. family and I'm, I'm sensing God's asking me to really be present to this grief and not escape it. Yeah. But those kinds of questions in community yeah. are just some of the most powerful because I'll share things in there. And then a couple weeks later, they're like, how's that going? And I'm like, ooh, you know, like, <laughs> right. so there's accountability, there's support. Or it's support. helpful. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, like there's a tenderness of others to this that yes. allows me to be tender towards it and yes. to engage it more deeply. Yeah, we need yeah. that. So community is a key part of that. And then finally, I'd say start somewhere. You know, I think it's, again, it goes without saying, but sometimes we, we're like, yeah, if I know that there's more going on. The hardest thing to do is to get started. So I know that wherever it hits you, usually it feels a little scary. So you're going to need to ask the Lord for courage to take the next step and then to, to just do something. I would just say, you know, we can get paralyzed in our pain and in the space of the invitation. Yeah. Um, but I would just say do the best you can to just commit to do something. Do the next step. Make a call. Send an email reach out to a friend or a pastor or your community yeah. and just start. So one more time for those who are new to the journey. Yeah. This is all brand, brand, brand yeah. new. Um, what are the basics? Just one more yeah. time, just distilling it down. Yeah. What would you say? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna be a little cheeky here. Go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do three C's do it. to help people remember. Start with basics. If you're new to the journey, one, I would say community. Make that your priority. Get yeah. in a community. Get a support structure. Yep. Lean into that. Second, I would say start with counseling. Not only a therapist, but the counsel of others. There you go. <laughs> you know, go back to go forward there. And then care. Um, if you're starting the journey, do great self-care. So community, counseling, and care. Care allows you, just again, an easier on-ramp to doing good soul work. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then I just want to say one more thing about that for those who are just starting the journey. Oftentimes we feel like, especially if you're looking to get in to see a therapist or to find that a key person to help you in your current season. We usually wait till we're in crisis or feel the pressure. You know how like one day you're like, I'm going to explode. Then the next day it's sunny and you're like, I'm actually okay because I'm eating tacos. Um, I would just say, don't wait until you're in crisis to find a therapist. And even if the therapist has a wait list, put your name on the wait list. Yeah. Just be make that your responsible move in stewarding what's going on with you in the season. Yeah. And I've I've thought about it in terms of preventative care. 
Yes, like we go absolutely. to we go to the dentist regularly. We go to the doctor hopefully regularly. Um, and I think for me, I've found a, th- a therapist and a therapy mentorship relationship where um, he knows me, yeah. he knows my wife, he knows us, and um, I'm checking in regularly, even if it's quarterly, yeah. just checking in. And then when stuff hits the fan, it we can jump right into it and yeah. get on a you know more frequent rhythm. But to have that person kind of on call, yes. so I love that. Even if you're not in crisis right now. Get on the wait list. Go go interview for better, lack yeah, of better words. Go absolutely. interview a couple of counselors. Yep. Find one that you like. Meet a couple times. Get acquainted. Um, and then when stuff hits the fan, you've got someone to go to. Yep. I love that. That's a great tip. Yeah. Great. And then, again, for those who have been part of this journey, even with us um, as a Bridgetown family over the years or in other contexts, if you've walked this path before, um, what would you encourage um, us to be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, I think for those of us, um, I got three T's here. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, bless me. Um, tools is the first one. Um, consider the tools you already have is what I would say. Um, and then consider with the tools that God's entrusted to you through past seasons of healing or learning that you've had in this past season, what greater integration looks like based on those tools. So for some, it may be as low-key as revisiting EHS stuff, emotional health stuff from Pete Scazzaro or whoever. Um, And then maybe it looks like doing that, you know, kind of revisiting the deeper soul work with a smaller, you know, pocket of friends or community or whatever it may be. For others, the greater integration is like, I'm I'm at a point where I need to see catalyzation in some of the places where I feel stuck. And that could happen through inner healing prayer um, or a spiritual director. Um, I think, you know, for years, our gut response was like, go see a, go see a therapist. <laughs> because for all of us, it's a great, just like you said a second ago. It's, it's, not, a, great, it's not a bad idea. No, no, no. It's a great but starting there's, point. there's more, yeah. But I would just encourage those of you who've already been down the road mm. to consider different aspects of integration. What would mm. it look like to get a healing from a memory I've been stuck in, a loop I've been stuck in? And how, how do I go after that and then be willing to be surprised by God or— or whatever it may look like. So just consider the tools that you have you already have and then how you could go deeper with the tools that you've already had. And, and again, it may be seeing your therapist again, but it may not be. So just be open to that. The other thing I would just say is focus on the transformation. And in that, there's just, again, I've used the word probably 65 times, but the invitations of the Spirit. Where is God doing transformation in you? And most of the times you can identify this through the places that are grinding. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> or the places you feel like the greatest failure. It's like that hick, you know, that hick. It's no hitch. That's the word I was looking for. But it's that kind of why where I keep getting caught and why can't I get, you know, move forward. So so pay attention to those places of transformation. So tools, transformation, and finally time. I just want to remind everybody, even if you've walked the path before, it's almost like you're more impatient the second time around than you were the first. Um, so I just want to remind everyone that it that it takes time to to do this healing and you're not in control of the timing of your own healing. So be patient with the process and know that God is up to something extraordinary in you just as he was the first time he is again. Yeah. And I just want to add to that, that um, I, we as a church family, and I for sure am loving what God is doing in our response times. Yeah. And I believe that this culture of response, asking the Holy Spirit to come, naming as we're talking about um, disappointment with God, we're talking about suffering. We're asking questions around why is there evil. As we're doing that in a community, I just believe that our response times on Sundays yeah. and how we hold that space and say, come Holy Spirit, and open ourselves up, and then with our bodies, name 
God is speaking to me right now. I'm going to come forward and create space to encounter God. All of that, I'm seeing and sensing that that is a key kind of catalytic moment. Yeah. And I just want to also name that I believe and we believe strongly that God can heal in a moment. Yes. We we believe yeah. God can heal in a moment emotional wounds, yeah. traumas, physical. I was just I just had another story. One of our leaders stopped me and said, "Hey, remember when you did the healing service? We did that healing service. Mm-hmm. We anointed people with oil. We prayed for them." She said, "My dad was visiting from Seattle. He had a hand surgery scheduled." And um, one of the elders prayed for him in that moment, mm. and he felt better, and he went back and canceled his surgery, and his wow. hand is healed. Yeah. So yeah. just to reiterate, we believe God can heal in a moment. We Me are too. asking him every week to do that kind of thing, and I believe that our response times are absolutely critical. Yeah. And for some, in that response time, this Sunday, you will be healed, and it's a one and done. Praise the Lord. Yep. For others, that's like this thawing moment, this moment where yeah. God's like, hey, I want to start to address this in your life. And you responding and coming forward, hands open, come Holy Spirit, is your saying yes to the invitation to begin the work. Yeah. So we just believe that that's, I just think that's a very catalytic moment. There's a lot happening in that space. We want to celebrate that yes. as well as these other long-term commitments like therapy, yeah. like spiritual direction, and, and those kinds of things. And, and again, the, the goal of all of this, and I think what God has been doing in, I will say, in me and in our church family over this past couple of years is God wants to create us as a city on a hill, mm-hmm. as a, wit, a prophetic witness to the city of Portland, that while there's this low-grade anxiety that's not going away, I believe God is inviting us to embody, like Jesus, to be the non-anxious presence. Yeah. We want to be the kind of people who can truly embody and and live in the fruit of the Spirit, even in the midst of pain. Even in the midst of trial and loneliness and pain, we can still access, through the Holy Spirit, we can still access peace and joy and kindness in those spaces. So that's our dream. I mean, that is our desire. Um, Bethany, as we wrap, um, would you just um, even take a moment just to pray for uh, our Bridgetown family, those that are listening, um, as they're thinking about and assessing where they're at and what the invitation is, the next step for them, for those that in this moment um, are feeling this um, reactivation of pain from the Mm -hmm. past, would you just pray for them um, in this moment? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're on a podcast here. Yeah. Um, but if you're this open prayer, and you're prayer, listening. This prayer is going to go on and on and I, on I and mean, on. timeless. Let's go. Right? Come on. May it be so. Um, so if you're open, like I would just say, and, and we're going to do it here, like we're going to posture ourselves, our bodies, even as in a position of receiving and openness, even if you're like, I don't want to, you know, just give it a go. Let's be open to what the Spirit of God's going to do. And I just want to bless. I want to invite the Spirit to, to continue to do what He's doing, but then also to bless what He's up to. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, even now we just take a moment um, to turn our attention to your presence, to settle into, um, God, uh, your your presence, your spirit that's at work, as opposed to even the information we just heard. We just come before you and ask even now for an alignment with our heart and our mind and our imagination with yours. And Father, in the name of Jesus, for each person hearing this, 
holding open their hands. I pray even now, by the power of your spirit, you'd come and rest on them. I pray first and foremost, Jesus, you would bring peace, that you would usher in your shalom, your order of every kind in their being, chemically, emotionally, physically, relationally. Would you just come and usher in, God, your peace? And then, Father, I pray that you would um, allow them in this moment just to sense your greater invitation to lay down the fear or the anxiety that's attached to what will this mean and how will I do this and, oh, here we go again, just to lay down, to lay those down, to really cast those anxieties onto you, as you say in your word, um, and then to, to say yes to your invitation. So, Father, in their minds and in their uh, communities, would you confirm and affirm the invitations of this season to greater healing? And, Father, I pray that, that each one would see this as an invitation to more, for you, like this, this is an invitation for you, um, from you to go after more of who they are because you love them, because your love outruns our trauma, because your love outruns our pain and our brokenness. Father, would would each one see this as an invitation to wholeness and healing? And Father, we, with uh, the partnership we get to offer, bless them as brothers and sisters in Jesus um, to know fully the gift of your radical healing and wholeness. And we thank you, God, that you're this kind of God that puts broken things back together, That's re- that restores the years that the locusts have eaten, that is gracious to us even in our brokenness. Bless each one now as they lean into this season. And God, I pray by faith this would be a catalyst in our community for more of the Holy Spirit, for renewal and revival in our church and in our city and in our world. And we pray all these things to the glory of the name of Jesus. We pray it in his name. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. We bless you in the name of the Father who loves you, the Son who gave himself for you, and the Spirit who lives in and empowers you. Be blessed. We love you guys. Thanks for listening.